Hi, this is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Ball Control. Ball Control. Welcome back. What's up, Conroe? This is another edition of Ball Control. You can hear us on 104.5, 106.1. This is Corey DLG, and with me as always is little brother Nico. Hey, guys. We are streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com, and as always, check out our sister station, www.nerdthugradio.com. Um, yeah, how you been, Nico? I've been all right. I've been doing okay. all right. All right. Okay. Uh, have you have you played any sports or sporting events? No, I have not. Okay, your qualifications for the show are rapidly dwindling. Um, well, I mean, to be fair, I didn't start with very many. <laughs> that's you know what, they're probably actually higher now than they were when we started. <laughs> yes, this is a hundred percent accurate. So there is that. There is that. <laughs> there is improvement. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that matters. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay, I'm supposed to be here. Um, yeah, okay. We'll leave it. <laughs> uh, you know what's, you know, sometimes people are like, man, I know everything about sports. And I'm like, I know like half. <laughs> and my co-host knows nothing. <laughs> so, cumulatively, we know nothing. <laughs> we, we know... Uh, a quarter? Is that how that works? Like <laughs> it lowers What you. happens when you minus by a zero? Does it does it it's still half. Is it? Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So it's not like you lose sports knowledge by me standing next to you. I don't know. I think I might sometimes forty five percent. Sometimes you say something and I go, Is that I don't think that that's No, yeah, no, the San Jose Sharks are not a baseball team. No, no, that's wrong again. Says but the next day San Jose Sharks are made into a baseball team. <laughs> I do have that uncanny ability. Um, yeah, so there's a lot going on. It is, of course, Super Bowl weekend. Oh, man. Okay, lots of money, lots of money, lots of money. Did you see that statistic where like six billion Americans are projected to spend six billion dollars in sports betting? That's what I'm saying. This is okay. What a lot of people do, and I've known a few degenerates in my day, what a lot of people do is they'll bet. Through the season with like one person, okay? And then with their bookie. That's what that's called. And then when they get to the end of the season, whatever's in the pot, like if it's not a crazy amount of money, you go double or nothing for the Super Bowl, basically. Most people like, oh man, for the whole season, I'm, I'm up 1500 bucks. A lot of people will just bet all of that on, on the Super Bowl. And then like the Super Bowl then determines the quality of their season. Um, so, yeah, that $6 billion doesn't surprise me. Does not surprise me. Uh, sometimes I'll, I say to myself, like, oh, man, it'd be really cool to be a bookie because, like, people lose way more than, like, that's why it works. Like, that's why it exists right. on both sides. Um, but uh, I have had the pleasure of knowing one. And, uh, I, I mean, I'll say he's a nice guy. He wasn't a mean guy. But, you know, it is his job to be, like, where's my money? Um, Where is my cash dollar? <laughs> right. Um, and he would talk about like his biggest scores, his biggest gets, his best games were like when the Dallas Cowboys were bad, which was for a very long time, even still technically now. They were never covering, but people loved to bet the Cowboys and also the Lakers. Um, and so there was like one weekend where the Lakers were good. Kobe was still there and Dallas was bad and 
like in one day, they were both playing on a Sunday. He basically was like, "Yeah, if everything goes right, I'll clear like forty grand a day." Oh my gosh! But the reality is, he's you know he's on the line for it. So like sometimes when he's too far on the line for one way or the other, he'll take some money and bet against himself with another bookie to cover in case. Yeah. So like if every like if like if it's way in my favor. Great, but if if they win, that means it's way in there. Like I owe, right? You know, now I owe them a bunch of money, right? So to cover that, he would kind of counter bet a little bit to recoup that, so that he was never like, so he, he was could, never in danger of just like losing out, like just being flat broke and being like, I have no, like I have to give you my car now. <laughs> um, hey, so I can't give you that five grand, but right. here's my beat up car. Right. Uh, see what you do with it. <laughs> um, you find me in two weeks. I got it. That's not how it works. When no. you're the bookie, you got you because they. That's the funny thing is like when you're the bookie, you got to track them down for their money. But when you're the bookie, they they definitely want their cash right away. And they're like, yeah, this needs to be done today. Right, I'm up. I'm up big. When can I meet you? And it's like, hey man, don't you want to lay it down? No, no, I don't. No, I'm good. No, no, I don't. What I do want is to cash out, and then I'll fall $1,000 behind next month, and you'll let me pay it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a one-sided affair there. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, so this is this is the – also another funny stat about the Super Bowl. Um, the city of New Orleans, a couple people involved from, like, a car dealer and some other people who have commercial interest in all of this, they sued the NFL. Um, to try and get them to replay the last minute and 40-whatever seconds from the pass interference missed call. All right. Nope, nope. Playing oh videos on your phone. <laughs> oh, God. I had that article pulled up, and then I was like, who is talking? I was confused. Um, So right there, uh, the NFL had to respond. So the NFL responded early in the or late last week and said, it would cost them over a hundred million dollars in just straight losses, things they've already paid for, if they had to change something for the Super Bowl now. Yeah, I imagine so. So a lot of money involved in this. A lot of money. Well, that's why I was uh, I was just thinking about it. Like, you know, this is just six billion dollars on or just sports betting. Like, yeah. How many people are watching this? How much are these commercials being made for? So okay, here's a fun thing. Like, if six bi- so even if all the betters, like, let's say there were, there were a hundred million. No, let's say there are six hundred million betters. You're saying all of them bet ten dollars, but that's not really how it works. No. So really, it's probably like six million betters, and they are betting a low. Well, probably you know, thousand dollars, at least a thousand dollars. More than likely, most people are betting more than. Like I told you, most people who degenerately gamble. Now, the Super Bowl is one of those things where a lot of fun people step in and they like fun gamble, and they're like, oh. <laughs> I don't know who's going to win. Oh, my gosh. Who has the better mascot? And so, like, there are those people who bet. Such a solid argument. Right. That's what I do for college basketball. I'm not even going to lie. There's no way you could tell me you know all 64 teams and who's, like. You know the best ones. You know, know, like, the top 10. But you've got to build a ladder where 16 plays one and then, like, four and five play. Now what? Right. Oh, man. And, And it's, like, and it's not just one, four, and five. It's. There are four fours and four fives because there are four brackets. That's so, a lot. So you're not even talking about the fourth best team. You're talking at that point of, you know, four ones, four twos, four threes, four fours. So at that point, you're talking about the between the 18th and the 23rd best team. I don't. I don't know who's. I don't know who's better. 
I'm not. I'm not gonna handicap. I'm gonna choose the sun devils. Right. You, you then are like, who's like you look for things? Who's the star? Who's the better coach? But like sometimes it's just literally. What are they? They're trees. No, a tree's not gonna win that game. Now what? I don't know. Trees are pretty good at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> trees. Trees are real good at growing. At growing. They grow. They're real tall. They're real tall. That's true. Trees are tall. So if you get a ball stuck over the goal and then like it just falls down days later, at least one basket. At least one. At least one. And then if you're playing like a small bird who doesn't have power to like do anything. You got it. Yeah. There you go. One, one basket. To, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Two points. <laughs> and that, there you go. So like if it's like the Stanford trees versus I don't even know who's like a little bird now. Blue Jay or something. Right. Know. But uh, a Kansas Blue Jays. I don't know. It might be the Jayhawks, which I don't know if that's a thing. But if it is, Hawks usually are strong. Right, but strong enough to throw a basketball? <laughs> <sighs> They'd probably cut a basketball real quick. Uh, they got those fingernails. Talons. Talons. Talons doesn't sound scary. Really? I don't know. Like If someone was like, I have talons, I'd be like, okay, <laughs> cool. Guy's name is Talon. <laughs> yeah, not intimidated. But if he was like, I have claws. That sounds scary, right? I guess so. I, I don't know. I, I feel like assume they're the same thing. They are, but like one word is way better than the other. Like, no. <laughs> are you more excited about your significant other or your spouse? The, both those words mean nothing to me. <laughs> That's true. You're gonna die alone, just like just like me. That's cool. <laughs> I'm your future. Like, just look at look at how happy I am when I'm not crying myself to sleep every night. Oh, this got really dark for a Super Bowl. It's cool. It's sports. Uh, <laughs> this is the other side that you don't see. <laughs> this is this is what the athletes come home. You know what movie actually for love of the game? Kevin Costner, like he's up there pitching this perfect game, and the whole time he's going through like stuff that happened in his life. It's a really like I bet I bet if it's a book, it's an amazing book. I bet because the he it's telling the story while he's dealing with, like he's mentally working through his stuff while he's pitching this perfect game. He doesn't even realize he's doing. It. It's like the eighth inning, and he's like. Has nobody scored? And um, actually, the guy from uh, Talladega Nights, um, the dumb one. Oh, right. uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, John C. Riley. There you go. He's the catcher. And he's like, they're like the Cleveland Indians or something. And he's like, listen, we are going to be awesome for you right now because for one day, we don't suck. <laughs> and like, he, they're just so thrilled to be playing in this important game that they give it to him. Like, they give him everything. And they make it, and but he gets to the hotel room and he has nobody because that's what he's thinking about the whole time is how he's alone and, and like he's ruined his relationships to have this relationship for, with baseball and like he's alone in his hotel room that night after pitching a no hitter and he just like starts bawling because there's nobody. It's just the saddest thing ever. Right? Can you imagine like accomplishing like this peak thing and then just being like and nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be some stat on a wall no one cares right. about. Right, and that's the thing. Is like, you know, the TV's going crazy and everyone's talking, but, like... The stat book of but in baseball life, is, like, yeah. 10,000 pages and, like, eight people know all of them. Man, it's so weird, like, when they start saying stuff like, so many people have pitched no-hitter, then it starts to feel like, okay, well, then it doesn't really... Is it really that impressive? Oh, no, I'm 7,000th on the list of no-hitters. Right, right. Because like, we play 700 games a year. You know what is so impressive, though, is hitting for the cycle. That's true. Uh, I think they say something like only 40 people in all of baseball or something crazy like that. It's like no hitters are in the hundreds, and then cycles are like still sub-hundred somehow. And I'm like, well, then that's way better. <laughs> Let's just do that one. Yeah, if I'm going to do one of these, it's going to be the cycle. But I'm never going to hit a fastball, so that's irrelevant. 
Um, what? How, how much time we got here? We got a whole twelve seconds. All right, cool. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk uh, Tom Brady, Antonio Brown. We're going to talk some NBA, and we're going to talk some uh, fight stuff. Ooh, fighting. yeah. We got all kinds of stuff going on. Stay with us. We got more ball control coming your way. Ball control. Welcome back to some more ball control. This is Corey DLG, and with me as always is little brother Nico. Hey guys, <laughs> just, just glancing around the studio. Hey, what's this is a nice day? What are you guys doing? Um, okay, so I promised you uh, some more sports talk. Actually, is it a sports some, show? Some real sports talk. Really on the sports show? You know what? I'm just gonna talk about like like middle school football, like glory days, like I'm like I'm Al Bundy. You ever seen? You don't know Married with Children. No. So Married with Children, he in high school he scored five touchdowns in one game, uh, and that's the night apparently he got Peggy Bundy pregnant, and then that's like the night that they basically ruined their lives because it's a sitcom, but they hate their lives, right? Right. And you so know, like every sitcom. <laughs> well, it was sort of like every sitcom is funny. Like Al, like Married with Children was like funny, sad because ninety percent of it was at the expense of Al. Like his life is just completely. Yeah, his life is just awful. But, like, it's because, like, his kids are terrible and his wife's the worst and his job's terrible and his car's miserable and he hates his house and they never have money and he never gets to eat. Like, it's just, like, everything, like... Everything at once. Yeah, it's just, like, it... Right now, like, it, it would be satirical funny, to, but, but, but back then it was just, like... Sad. It was just real. Like, it was just, like, funny funny because they were just, like, it doesn't matter. We'll just be as over the top as we want because Al Bundy's pathetic. But he would always talk about how he scored five touchdowns in one game. Makes sense. Yeah. So that's yeah, – we'll just do that. No. Um, so getting ready for the Super Bowl, the owner of the New England Patriots, Robert Kraft, has indicated that um, he'd be thrilled if Tom Brady wanted to sign another extension. He'd be wide open to it. Uh, Tom Brady has only one year left on his deal. Hmm. He will be 42 in – August, which will be the start of the next season. Okay, now he said he wants to play till forty-five, so that means forty-two, forty-three, forty-four, forty-five, four more years. He's got one more year on his deal, so he needs at least one more three-year extension to get through it. Um, I could see him not finishing his career in New England. You um, see him being traded? Or yeah, maybe? absolutely, absolutely. Bill Belichick is just one of those guys who, at some point. Is going to he's going to go, you know, not interested. I mean, he kind of wanted to already, and I think Robert Kraft is what stopped him. If 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 Tom Brady has, like, let's say Tom Brady goes to forty four, and at the age of forty four, he's like, he's he has a bad season for whatever reason. Let's say he bangs his elbow week two, and the rest of the year he's fighting it. Okay, right. Not even necessarily that his talent is gone. Because I know people are going to be like, he's the greatest ever. He'll always be good. But let's just say something happens. But we can. But it's 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 not, it's a hypothetical. It's not true though. He's not right. the best. Right. He just has the best coach in the game. <laughs> well, no, no. I I do think. I think no. I think he's excellent. But I, I think th- you can't separate the two. Is the problem? Because you'll never know. Like we can run the hypothetical. Right. If 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 uh, Bill Belichick had Aaron Rodgers, he would have more Super Bowl wins. He probably would. I think that's true. But. I just want to go off the merit of other quarterbacks and, like, coach combos where it's like. That's the thing is the next best one is Sean Payton, Drew Drew Brees, and they have one Super Bowl win. Right. 
So when you start talking about like winning combinations, also I'm the, uh, like I don't know if I got to talk about it a lot, but I am so sad that the Saints didn't go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> this is the second year in a row they've had heartbreak at the end of a game. I know this is this is a tragedy. I know that they should have done better, but like they played so well all year, I was really sad. Yeah, I was excited for the Saints. There was a period in in here in Houston where people were kind of like over the Saints fan because there were so many post Katrina that like lived here. And that Houdat Nation was going crazy the year after the hurricane where, where, like, Houston as a city, the Texans weren't good and the Saints were, and it just wasn't fun. It wasn't fun for, for Texans fan to be, like, next to the guy at the bar who's like, yeah, get him, Houdat, Houdat. And you're like, no, man, come on, man, like, like keep it easy. We, we don't know who our quarterback is. <laughs> we didn't. We had to have anything. Yeah, we were real, real bad. And so all that going on, basically, you know, for a little bit there was – Houston kind of was like Saints burned out, I would say. But Drew Brees and Sean Payton have been so consistently great that they've kind of won people back. Um, and they don't have a they don't have a great crop of receivers. And every time they get someone good, they're I don't know who runs their salary cap, but they don't do a great job of it because they sort of struggle to keep their like any receivers. To yeah, Brandon, Drew Brees to throw to Jimmy Graham in four years with the Saints had like. 30-plus touchdowns, was a great tight end, was like the second-best tight end in the league behind Gronkowski. Uh, the Saints signed him to a crazy extension, and then the next year they trade him. Genius. Um, I love it. So, like, they gave him a bunch of money, but then suddenly he was unaffordable because he had all the money. And so the Saints, it's been weird. Like, it's been weird to watch. Brandon Cooks was a great receiver for them for, like, three years. Then they traded him away. He's been on three teams now in three years, and every team loves him. But, like, New England doesn't pay people. So New England traded him. New England got him from New Orleans. Had him for the one year. He had one year left on his deal, and they were like, "Yeah, we don't want to give you an extension." He was like, "Can you let me go then?" <laughs> they were like, "Yeah, no problem, sure." <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll be what we'll do. Yeah, that's that's probably way more likely. And so the Rams picked him <laughs> up. What if they were just like, "No." Yeah, they were just <laughs> like, "I don't know about that." Ah, nah, nah. nah. Um, but so it's just kind of interesting, like to see these guys and 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 like they show talent, and they show promise, and then the New Orleans is like, meh. Uh, but they're still winning with great consistency. It, it, this the last few years has been the running backs. It's been Alfred Kamara and Mark Ingram, and they've been having just a, a great tandem, and that helps them a lot. Um, but so Tom Brady will be he's getting he's got a twenty seven million dollar cap hit this year. Um, his a lot. Uh, I think. In my mind, the way I see this going is he comes back to Robert Kraft and he goes, here's the money I need to get in to like so that when I walk away, everything's good. This is the number I need to get over the next three years. And I think Robert Kraft is like, if the number's reasonable, I think he, he, he guarantees the whole thing and is like, yeah, you're in, no problem. And then a non-issue. Yeah, and I bet it's somewhere between 20 and 26 a year. Um, I think I think he gives a pay cut because he's like, listen, I'm only going to be here three more years. All we're doing right now is adding on to the legacy. Let's let me give you guys some money back so that y'all can go do some other stuff because my wife earns seventy million dollars a year. Plus, there's hundreds of millions in the bank. Plus, the TB12 brand is amazing. Every time I go to a Super Bowl, I make another thirty million dollars in this other stuff. Right, yeah. So, it's not like he's hurting for money in any sh- way, shape, or form. Right, and that's sort of the interesting thing so, sort of about some of these athletes. You know Aaron Rodgers is doing real good with State Farm. 
But that doesn't change the fact that he's not going to make the Green Bay Packers pay him the most money possible. And it's, um, you know, it's just an interesting dynamic. Well, even Drew Brees this year got a, I think it was a two-year, $50 million deal. Sweet. Uh, so it's like, you know, I mean, it breaks down to 25 a year for the cap purposes or whatever, but one year it's 20 and one year it's 30 is kind of how salaries go in the NFL. They always go up. It's part of the unions. They have to, unless you specifically structure it negatively, they're supposed to always increase by a certain percent every year. That's how the union has set it up. That way salary caps are always rising. Um, but, yeah, so I'm just intrigued. This The next few years are going to be really telling for how they handle Tom Brady and what is the end, coming to the end of what is a, a Hall of Fame career. Um, Which is, like, crazy to think about. He's literally been relevant for so long. Yeah. Uh, well, it's like you already start to forget about Peyton Manning. You know? Right. You Peyton Manning's been gone four years, three years, and you already start to kind of forget that these two guys were like rivals forever because Tom Brady is still out there doing it, and Andrew Luck is about to sign his next contract with the Colts. Like, that's how long it's been. And it's just weird to think about. It's it's an odd situation. Speaking of Peyton Manning, though, I think the Broncos are a train wreck. Oh yeah, after that, after that one, their one uh, appearance in the Super Bowl that they got absolutely crushed at, like it was, they, I, I, like it was a real hurt to pride because they like they lost well, that game like what like they lost that game big. They only scored like yeah, the Seattle one. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. It was real bad. But really, since Peyton Manning left, they just well, that was his last. Season there, right? No, I think he played the next. They won the next one, and that's when he retired. He retired winning. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, he they he they went. I don't know if they went back to back or if they went. One they, missed one and came back. It was one or the other. Either his first and third year because he was only there like two or three years. Either his first and third year or his first and second, and then he retired. But either way, he retired winning a Super Bowl. Once he won one, he was like, "Yeah, I'm not I'm done. Not yeah, I finished." Uh, but the reality was. Since then, they've had like six quarterbacks come through there, and they can't keep any of them. They're, none of them are any good, though. Uh, and now this year, they're going into this year right now with Case Keenum still the starter. Uh, he got himself, you know, I think $25, 30000000 million over those two years. And Somehow. Yeah, and you're kind of like, Case Keenum? Why? <laughs> it was always my question. He had the one good year in Minnesota, and I knew that meant somebody was going to pay him. I knew that. Um, but it always comes back to me, it always comes back to Colin Kaepernick then. Is he really so bad as a quarterback that guys like Case Keenum, who went three years without winning a game but played in all of the, in a bunch of games and didn't win any of them? Yeah, I think, I think now the Colin Kaepernick is, yes, politics, but also he hasn't played football in like three, four years. It's yeah, it's only been three. Well, but that's the problem though is they're pulling guys off of rosters who haven't played football in three and four years. If you recall, yeah, in Washington, they went to to Josh Johnson, and you had to go Google Google, who who's Josh Johnson? Oh, he's supposed to be the starting quarterback for the lower football league that starts after the Super Bowl. Oh, he's the eighth, oh. he's the eighth string quarterback. He was the other. eighth string. He was. They literally brought him in off the street. Which means they could have like you're bringing in people who are still who have been inactive as long as Colin Kaepernick. So I do think you're right. I think you're right. Like at the beginning of the season, when you're bringing in like you're okay, we're gonna run these three guys. This is our plan. But when guy one goes down and you got to get a new third, 
I think that's when you open it up and you go, hey, anybody who anybody with real experience in the last Don't couple you mean of years, a new, a new fourth after losing well, two quarterbacks and, and then like two losing weeks? a third. They benched. They benched the third. He was doing so bad. Colt McCoy got benched. You're you're already a terrible. Well, Washington was still kind of in it though. That was the weird thing, right? Because like the way it was lining up, if they won out, they weren't out of it. The other stuff had to happen, but if they won out, they might still be in it. And then Colt McCoy's out there just like flinging interceptions, and they were like, "Well, we're trying to win here, third stringer. Put in the fourth string." <laughs> <laughs> what a what a great turn of events this turned out to be. Yeah, uh, we're gonna jump out of here to a break. When we come back, we still got Antonio Brown. We still got some NBA, and then we uh, we're gonna try and get some fight talking here too. Ball control. Welcome back to more Ball Control. We are on 104.5, 106.1, and as always, streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Um, check us out on NerdThugRadio.com, Facebook.com, backslash Ball Control Podcast. Ball Control right? Podcast. Yeah, and then the Twitter's Ball Control Podcast as well. Um, also, as uh, as I've been doing every week now this year, I have another article published on SportsMap.Houston.com covering some wrestling. Uh, so, you know, head on over there. Yeah. I've been doing weekly roundups and just like kind of reviewing the week of wrestling. Um, and then I'm having those published on sports maps. So that's always, that's been fun. Um, so check that out if you got a minute. It always helps the clickety clicks. The clickety clack snacks. Clack, 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 clacks. I don't think people know how the internet works because I don't really know how it works. It seems magical to me. Like, honestly, it is. It feels like somewhat. As my grandma calls it, el <laughs> tell tell Conroy what that means. It's just it the thing. The thing. <laughs> like it's it doesn't mean anything. It just is. <laughs> right, yeah. Just do it on the thing that has all the information <laughs> on it. I love your grandma. She's crazy. She speaks about it like it's magical. She always does the hand wave like <laughs> in the air when she talks about it. <laughs> like it's definitely made of magic. LSA. <laughs> That's too good. Uh, speaking of too good, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The worst team in the game. Um, <laughs> Not true. The Really, like, the most disappointing, talented team, right? Right. They have good players. Um, they probably could do something really well if they could get their life right. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel this about them. The, they're literally like the talented kid who's just who's just a mess. Yeah. It's the, just the, you. <laughs> they're me. Thank you. <laughs> the talented kid who just knows he's so great at everything he does where he's like, it's weird that we don't just win all the time. No, it's not weird because you don't have your stuff together. Um, two things. It kind of shows the parallels of this team, and it just shows the issues involved. The ownership group has gotten together, and they are in talks with Ben Roethlisberger to sign another extension. Okay. Gonna probably ben. get him some more money. Uh, but uh, Big Ben, I think, is a large part of the problem in Pittsburgh. Um, he's one of the leaders. He's supposed to be the leader of the team. He's the quarterback. Between him and Mike Tomlin, they should have stuff on lock. Mike Tomlin has rings. Big Ben has rings. They've accomplished things. They are accomplished in their fields, and they're not. They're not leaders. Neither one of them are. Big Ben is probably one of the most selfish quarterbacks I've ever listened to in the media. He complains nonstop. He whines nonstop. He throws people under the bus. He doesn't. For being one of these guys, one of these, quote, elite guys, he never says the right thing. Never. Whether it's challenging the media when they're in there saying, hey, you had a bad game today. You threw four interceptions. 
Uh, what do you think was going on? And his reply to that was, I don't know, maybe I'm washed up, maybe I'm done. Oh, my gosh. Right. Like, just say, hey, man, we went out there and had a bad game. You know they're going to ask you about it because they ask you about the good games. Let's be clear. When he throws five touchdowns, they don't go to the receivers first. They go to Big Ben and they go, hey, Big Ben. That was pretty good. Yeah, he threw five touchdowns. How, how, what was going on? And then he gets to set the tone for the rest of the team. And he always says the wrong thing. Always. He'll say something like, you know, um, we don't always connect the way we do today, but today the connection was strong. So now there's room in there to go to the other guy and go, hey, Antonio Brown, what's going on with you and Big Ben? He says you guys don't always connect. Right. Now, now now, there's an issue. You've turned you've turned this positive into a negative. Exactly. Turned, we we need to be working like this all the time to we only work like this sometimes. Right. You turned, you know, we had a great week of practice. We had a great week of walkthroughs. This is the kind of tone and energy we sh- we, we want to bring into next week. Instead of going forward, being a leader, pushing through, you go, hey, you know what? Most of the time, we, it's not this good. But when it is this good, you know we should win Super Bowls. And it's like, okay, why even bring up that it's not always this good? Why start the conversation with that? Right. Um, and it just opens the door for a conversation. And that's the issue. Is He's as much a detractor to me as Antonio Brown is or Le'Veon Bell is. Now, both of them this year made it worse by the end of the year. With Antonio Brown not even, not even showing up for the last game, that's an issue. That's an issue. That's right. a big issue. With Le'Veon Bell not being able to get his contract stuff worked out, that's one part of it. Uh, but again, that's all part of the leadership. If if Mike Tomlin and Big Ben are in the media going, listen, we're a team and we expect you know Le'Veon to be here and we hope he's here and we want to see him, but instead what they were saying was, well, you know, he's got to work on his stuff. Um, no, man, like you need to be the guy setting the tone for the whole organization, and right. I think that's part of their issue. So right now, Antonio Brown has requested a trade, and it's. I don't know. I don't know. What do you do? I don't think he can come back to Pittsburgh. As a matter of fact, one of the Roonies said that the other day. They basically said it it seems unlikely that he would be back in Pittsburgh given the way the situation ended. Um, So that part I agree with. But the rest of it, I'm just not sure. He's he's about to be 30. He's got like three years. I think it's three years left at $20 million a year. Okay, And at the end of it, I think he's 32. That's a really manageable contract for a great receiver. The problem is the whole situation has been so toxic. I'm curious what franchise is going to be like. That's what I want. Right. I could see one of these guys who has a young quarterback right now. So, Jets, Cardinals. Um, the Broncos, probably. <laughs> man, the, the Broncos were trading away receivers. They need help. I, I don't know, man. Um, who were some uh Buffalo. Any of those guys who this year had the young quarterback, or getting a quarterback, or well, if you're gonna, I don't know that you want with the rookie, but somebody who last year was their rookie year. This year, their they're supposed year. to know the offense. This year, this year we're gonna grow the offense. You get them a weapon. You get them a guy they deliver the ball to, like Antonio Brown. Last year you've been learning. This year you're delivering. Here's a guy who wants to catch balls. Um, so I could see one of those people who. They want to set their quarterback up to succeed. The only way you do that is with a guy like Antonio Brown. Um, well, the only way you do that is by having weapons for your quarterbacks. Uh, it'd be interesting if Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown wound up on the same team. That'd be real interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I really think, I really, 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 really think the Texans need to take a hard look at Le'Veon Bell. Um, 
this is an, this is the opportunity. This is because I think if you give them three or four years, and the NFL is different um, in how you can structure these things, where you can put all the bonus money up front and just pay it out over the years, but it doesn't hurt your cap as bad. Um, I, I think they, they could. I think they could afford to do it. Where when you when it comes time to actually pay Deshaun Watson his money down the road, Le'Veon Bell's contract will be on the cheaper side. Um, but I just I. I don't know overall who's going to to want the trouble of Le'Veon, of Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. I think that uh, well, I think e- if it is the leadership, I think a change in leadership. If they're if they're a strong leader, I think they could they could make it work and just kind of build that relationship and that respect up. But like as it stands now, Pittsburgh is literally just it's it's not it's not doing hot. No, it's not. And as a matter of fact, uh, for a little while, Arizona was really just. Cleveland-esque in how they were run and like personnel and stuff like that. So a lot of people would sign free agents from Arizona because like, well, listen, they were taken top five overall. Like they're talented when they're brought in. They're just not developed for those first four years, blah, blah, blah. So people like Jake Plummer, who was a left-handed quarterback, he played another four or five years, I believe in Denver, actually. Um signing away from Arizona, and he played uh, better than he did in Arizona. Not great, but better than he did in Arizona. And it was because teams firmly believe that they're just bad. The NFL knows that there are a couple bad organizations. And I just wonder if Pittsburgh's going to be looked at in that sense. We're essentially, oh, you were in Pittsburgh, so we're going to give you a pass. When you come here, this is how real NFL teams behave. Right. Um, I, I don't Which know. Is, it's weird to say that because this is this is a team that's won Super Bowls. Before. Right, they're historic. They're is they're a historic franchise. They're one of the founding franchises. They're one of like the the Pittsburgh Steelers kind of are the NFL in a lot of ways. But these last few years, they've been a mess. They've just been absolutely a mess. And somewhere leadership has faltered. And I, uh, to me, you put that on Mike Tomlin and you put it on Big Ben because when you look at other combinations, they don't deal with it. You know, even if you go to the Texans, Bill O'Brien, there's no one on the Texans who acts like this. No. Uh, And part of it is we don't take character guys, which means we do miss on some talented people from time to time because of quote unquote character flaws or background issues. Um, And sometimes we leave those guys for other teams to take and they they embarrass us with their quality of play sometimes. But it also means we never have this issue. Right. And the be- it also means that we build an environment that where this doesn't happen. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, how much time we got here? We got a whole minute. All right. Uh, Antonio Davis has requested a trade from the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans? From the Pelicans. So Antonio Davis is probably one of the top five players in the NBA. Makes sense. And he flat out has said, if they offer me the Supermax ex- extension, I will not sign it. Ooh. If he signs as a free agent somewhere else and just loses out on the Supermax money, the number is about $38 million difference. That's a pretty big difference. It's a real big difference. Uh, I'm not sure if they make the trade how the Supermax stuff might work. He, They might be able to do a sign-in trade where he signs a Supermax and then just goes somewhere else. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure how the – they've been talking about how the CBA has some specific rules because, like – the team that has the most assets for a trade is still Boston, uh, but obviously the Pelicans would push to try and get Kyrie Irving in a trade, and Kyrie Irving can't. Kyrie Irving and Antonio Davis and Anthony Davis can't wind up on the same team. Their contracts are designed in such a way that this year they can't be on the same team together. 
So, because I think you can only have one Supermax player at a time or something along those lines. Ah, I see. Um, but next year they could come in together. Um, but that means that Boston's kind of out as a trade partner because Boston's not going to give up Kyrie Irving and they can't keep the two of them together. So, so during the season, your best likely trade partner can't play trade. Uh, but the Lakers are thrilled about that because the Lakers are like, what do you want? <laughs> well, like, we'll take a LeBron. Anything but LeBron James is on the table, I imagine. I, I guarantee you the entire roster, all the draft picks, anyone and everything, if you're looking at it, you can have it. Uh, it's like a yard sale where the house is in the yard, okay? Like, literally, we'll we'll send the Laker girls. Like, whatever you want. Whatever you need. Whatever We'll pay everyone's salaries for the next year. If I'm the Pelicans, I know we're up against it here, but if I'm the Pelicans, I think I just, I just move everybody. Because, like, Drew Holiday has three years left, and there's one or two other guys on there who have a couple years left, and then that's it on that roster. I, I'd dump them all right now. Dump them, just make a new team? Yeah. I mean, what... What else are you? What, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, what are you supposed to do? Because you built this team around Anthony Davis, and he won't be there. So Davis <laughs> was like, nah. Yeah, it it makes a big deal when the guy who averages basically a triple double for your team, just no. Yeah, there goes thirty points, fifteen rebounds, and nine assists a game. Oh well. Yeah. Figure it out. Yeah, we'll just we'll manage those minutes. <laughs> we'll try real hard. I swear. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. So if I were them, I would just hit the reset. Uh, just like we're going to do right here, we're going to jump out to a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about some things because it's ball control. Ball control. Welcome back to this uh, final segment of ball control. I'm going to adjust the microphone here. I moved it in the wrong spot. I'm not happy. Not happy. <laughs> Producer, I'm not happy. That was your fault. That's all right. This is Corey DLG, and with me as always is little brother Nico, and we are on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. That's what they are. And we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Also true. All very true. <laughs> All not incorrect statements. All of those were facts. Everything else, meh, meh. We don't fact check this show. It's mostly opinions anyway. Yeah, that's why the Rockets win every year, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so this has been, there's been a lot going on. Uh, this year, well, over the last, like, s- eight months, okay, where UFC is finally, I think, hit, like, a saturation point, I think. I don't think it's done or any stretch of that, but I think I think it's maybe peaked viewership. Interesting. I think that this is, I think the size of it now is kind of the size of it most of the time there will be big events but your steady eddie see it every week watch it all the time i think this is i think this is it um no i think yeah i think i agree with it they signed a deal with espn they're now airing i don't know what it is friday night or saturday night fights something like that on espn on one of the one of the espn channels and uh truthfully i haven't watched any of them I don't. I don't usually watch fights in general. They've tried to book some good fights on there. Like they've. I think one of them was a title defense, and I still. You were just like, Meh. yeah. I think. I think fighting works best as a big event. Once a month, these things we've been talking about for three months, 
And it, you know, oh, Brock Lesnar's going to fight. Ronda Rousey's going to fight. Uh, McGregor's going to fight. Um, you know, these, these, these rare moments in sports. We, as a people, need stars. We need stars to... That's why wrestling works, okay? Right. Because all of the people are treated individually as stars. And then you attach to certain ones and you follow certain ones and you get excited by certain ones and certain ones outshine the others, but everyone is marketed as a star. Um, UFC, I think maybe by the nature of what their sport is, can't do that, doesn't do that, doesn't have the function of that. I think it's because so few fights are on the pay-per-view and everything else kind of happens in other places. Um, like if you had a buddy, you would find out where it was and you would follow it, but you don't actively seek it out to learn about up and comers and new people and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. And, and also the, the, the issue with having stars in something like the, the USC is, you know, if you go with someone like Ronda Rousey, who, you know, for her short time is the champion of the world, uh, I think for 18 months, right. And she would, she just, she, she spent all this time just utterly destroying people and she had a wonderful thing and then what happened is that like she got she got lazy and she uh, got i don't think i don't know, I don't know I don't she's not lazy but like her coach wasn't coaching her like yeah she, she posted yeah. videos of her like shadow boxing and she looked bad like she didn't look in her proper form that's fair that's and, fair and like stuff like that and it cost her the fight she lost well also she fought a lot they don't talk about this but in 18 19 months she fought Seven times, eight times. Like I mean, I, I feel Which like is a lot. There's not a lot of prep time in between them. I feel like we were seeing her every two or three months. Uh, there was a, and then now towards the end they started to space them out, right? Because the the star had grown so much at that point that they were spacing her out. But in the beginning, there were a lot of there were you know there were a lot of moments there where she was where she was fighting a lot. Um, also, the hard thing is, you know, fighting is two things. First of all, it's confidence based. You can have the best strategy. Mike Tyson. Bet you can have the best plan in the world until someone hits you in the mouth. Um, you can be coached uh, brilliantly, and you can train perfectly, but when you get in the ring, something is going to happen. So you've got to just believe in yourself, and then also there is that element of, of chance, of luck. Hey, man, I saw the elbow, but I just I, I slipped a little, and I couldn't get out of the way of it, and it knocked me out. Um, that happens. Uh, and so it's hard to... It's also it's hard to cheer in the fight game because the people you root for are going to fall fast and you never know when. Right. And also it's a sport that a lot of people I think like the regular person, you know, that you can get excited about, but like if you're not like a person who enjoys combat sports, you're like I don't want to watch people fight each other. <laughs> Um, because, I don't think, I don't think res- I because think wrestling is a fantastic show of like athleticism, but it's also a lot of showmanship, right? Like right. when fighting, it's just it's two guys beating each other. <laughs> yeah, no, you're definitely right. There's that kind of that element of like fear a little bit, like oh, this is real. This is brutal. It's this brutal. Is real. Yeah, like I like I don't like watching fights. Like, and that's just a personal thing of mine. Um, I mean, I would I would like it if people fought every day around me, right? Uh, but you know, I would get bored with it too eventually at some point. Um, no, but I do get what you're saying that like, yeah, you're right. But I also think that's sort of the limiting aspect, but that's why boxing. So boxing doesn't have leagues, doesn't have commissioners, doesn't have teams, doesn't have an organization. It, I mean, there's a bunch of organizations. They all have their own belts too. 
And so, yeah. like, like one guy can have four belts with him. At one point, I think Mayweather was walking around with, like, four belts. Justin Bieber was wearing two of them, if you remember, to one fight. And you're like, why? It's because of all the different... Organizations. All the different weight classes, organizations, and people, and things like that. And there's so many weight classes in boxing. Oh, you drop six pounds, you're in a new weight class. Right. And so... Featherweight, lightweight, junior weight, welterweight. Light featherweight. And then you're like, well, how much do these people weigh at that point? And it's like 125 to like 133. And you're it's, like... It's like fights in the backyards of a trailer park at that point. Like, these aren't even impressive. Like, these aren't athletes. Well... They're athletes, but they're all small. <laughs> yeah, they're little athletes. <laughs> they're just small people. Um... <laughs> Which is a whole other form of entertainment, and it's equally entertaining. If you get just a bunch of little people in the ring, it's always a good time. Uh, back in the day, one of my million, many jobs was uh, bar backing at a bar, and they had uh, they called it Midget Wrestling. That was the name of the group that came through as little people. Um, those guys know how to party, first of all. They, they drink like rock stars. And then they put on a great show, and, and we were sold out, and there were excess people there. And but uh, a fire hazard is the whole night. Oh god, <laughs> it was one of the busiest nights, and it was so miserable, and it was so busy, but it was so funny because those guys are just—they're like little rock stars, man. Like they party out, and they go to the next town, and they put on another show, and like it's—it was funny. Wild. It was, and like. I, yeah, there's yeah, there's some stories there. It was it was just funny. But Ronda Rousey, she got hit, she got knocked out so hard by Holly Holm that her teeth floated for like a month. She couldn't eat an apple for a month. Her mom came forward and said that. Um, it's just it's a weird thing, the fight game. And so I don't I think all of those limiting factors kind of control its growth. Yeah. I think they I think they affect how many people can get into it. Now you're gonna have your big your big events. But they're going to be these rare twice a year. And it, you know what? Those are the ones I watch. I watch the big events for fights. So I don't watch every month. But like, hey, it's going to be the big event, man. This guy and this guy are finally going to go at it after eight months. Okay. All right. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Um, But typically, I, I, don't, I don't watch the fights because... It's hard to follow people. It's hard to root for people. And there's always some new guy coming, and they tell you, no, he's won like 10 fights. Like, he's really good. And you're like, okay, but this is the first time I've seen him. How do I know he's really good? Right. And He's uh, won 10 fights, and then he gets to a, a, a championship debut, and he, he gets destroyed. Right. And Conor McGregor taps him out, and you're like, okay, I thought he had nine title defenses. What just happened? And then you're like, well, it just turns out Conor McGregor's better. And you're like, okay, but... It's a seventy dollar pay per view. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I wanted to watch this guy, but I guess I don't anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I was wrong, and so there is sort of that element of like, it's just hard. It's hard to predict it. If only they could script it like wrestling. Uh, but the reason I think those two are always going to run parallel is because of people like Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar who keep jumping back and forth. Uh, several of the MMA girls are in training at the different levels of NXT. Um. They just did the Women's Royal Rumble, and probably about 10 to 12 of the girls were NXT and kind of lesser-known girls. Um, one of them was that girl from Ninja Warrior, mm. uh, the little gymnast, yeah, the small one. She's, like, flipping around over there, man. She was doing all kinds of crazy ninja stuff. It was, in, it was, in, it was interesting. Um, but I think that be- the crossover of these, of these athletes is what kind of parallels these two sports together. 
Because really, we should always be comparing UFC to boxing. Right. Uh, and, and really, we should a, be calling it... a more fair argument. We should be calling it MMA, not UFC. UFC is one of the leagues. We don't do that in boxing. Boxing is just boxing. This is technically just MMA. Because uh, there's a world boxing organization. There's all kinds of different groups. Uh, but the UFC has done such a good job branding and linking itself to MMA that there's, there's, there's just nowhere else to go with who you think it is. Right. Um, and so, all that being said, it's just kind of odd... That we more parallel it to wrestling, that we more parallel it UFC instead of MMA. Um, it's just kind of an interesting thing. I think it's the things you latch on to. Uh, I think like Conor McGregor is the, really the first person in the UFC that like I knew as a non-sports fan. Right, right. Like me in my like basically like sports adjacent life. Yeah. Like, he's the first one that I that really crossed heard. over into your realm. Right. That's fair. That's fair. Not Brock Lesnar? I had heard about him, but not like not as much as McGregor. Like I heard that's about fair. McGregor and then Brock. Okay. Okay, that's fair. Um I just yeah, and it's because like it's hard to penetrate and that's the thing, right? So if if MMA is more like boxing, boxing has like two or three big fights a year. And then that's it. Like the right. rest there there's boxing going on all the time. Nobody watches it though. Yeah, there's boxing forever. Right. And I think that that's MMA. I think that there's all kinds of MMA fights. Right now, uh Bellator has a bunch of old UFC fighters who who weren't getting matches anymore. So they went they went somewhere else to get matches. Um and that's fine, but like we don't call it Bellator. We don't even think about it. We call it UFC. Um and I think as long as UFC keeps having one or two big ones a year, that you know, they're going to be making Buku money. I don't think they're ever. I'm not. I'm not trying to predict the downfall of the sport here, but I think the growth is limited. I. Th- I don't think. I think just like boxing, there's never going to be this time where everyone cares about UFC. Right. Um. I guess all that being said, we got how much time we got here? We got zero seconds. All right. Well, then we'll jump out here to uh, the end of the episode. Next time you hear from us, we'll be on Earthquake Radio tomorrow at two to three p.m. We're going to be making some big announcements there, so stay tuned and be ready. Lots of things coming. This is the 200th episode of Nerd Thug Radio tomorrow. Oh, Hulk's hiding. Yeah, so tune in and then hang out with us. Uh, go to the websites, the the Facebooks, the Twitters, the socials. Come hang out with us. Anyway, you guys have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>